there's so much value in like letting people help you. It's okay. Don't be afraid to talk about your idea. Don't be afraid to try and go out for it. Get feedback because you only fail when you don't learn. So if there's a way for you to improve something, find out what that way is. This is Women Killing It. Women who are killing it in their careers share their stories and advice from making it in today's working world. Your host is Sally Hubbard. After today's interview, be sure to stay tuned. I'll be talking to Allie Young, CEO of the Forum, about one of her five critical skills for success. Today, I'm here with Brittany Edwards and Kiana Lowe, the co-founders of Incorporated. They're working to foster meaningful exchanges and create new, more authentic narratives surrounding women in male-dominated industries. So congratulations, Brittany and Kiana. You're killing it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We're super excited to be here today. Could you start by telling us what is Incorporated and what made you guys start it? Yeah, so we're what you introduced, but also why we wanted to really build a space and a network that could support women in male-dominated industries, but also a little bit bigger than that. So what we also want to do is demonstrate non-traditional and a little bit more creative career opportunities for kids, both boys and girls, as well as incorporating men into all of our initiatives. Just one, because we want to illustrate the importance of diversity and inclusion to them. And we also understand that we do need and want allies within our space as we continue to like grow and you know, claim our place within these industries that we work in. Yeah, and a little bit more on, like, the why. So Incorporated started out of, like, our first event, which was called Straight Defeat, which is really focused on the sneaker industry. And it was kind of built on a parallel experience that Brady and I both had from being really into sneakers as well as having an educational background in engineering and just experiencing that, like, that feeling of, like, being one of a few and not really quite understanding why or, like, what were some of the barriers there. So we started looking into that, like what were some of the barriers to entry for both like the sneaker industry and found that a lot of them were parallel to things that we had experienced in engineering. And even something that we realized was that when we were younger, we never really understood all the different opportunities that were available in that industry. And if we had had that understanding, then there's a chance that our career paths might have been different. So we really started, that's actually one of our main pillars for Incorporated is encouraging the next generation of leaders, doers, and thinkers to pursue their passions and doing that by introducing them to different opportunities that exist in fields that they may be passionate about but not, may not understand can be a career path. I think we share a lot of the same mission here because that's what I'm trying to do with the Women Killing It podcast. It's been putting out examples of women who have been successful in a, a wide range of different fields because I know when I was growing up, I mean, of course, I'm much older than you guys, <laughs> and uh, it wasn't the information age so much, but it was you had this idea of certain paths that you could take, and if you didn't see women in those roles, you know, you didn't think it was even an opportunity, a possibility for you, right? And if you don't think it's a possibility, you can't really go after it. So I definitely have been trying to put out all these examples of women pursuing their passions and excelling in different fields, but. I love the idea of focusing on the sneaker industry. That's one industry I have not covered, I would say, in my (laughs) over 100 episodes. Um, There's a wide range. Sadly, there's a large number of male-dominated industries to choose from. That's partly actually why I started the podcast, is I used to go from, um, as an antitrust journalist, I used to go from 
to different industry trade association conferences in order to cover different mergers that I was writing about. And I kept learning every single one I would go to. I would be like, oh, this industry is also male dominated. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that's when I was like, what is going on? Where are all the smart, brilliant women that I grew up with? And why is it all men in these fields? And uh, that was partly my impetus that made me start this. So you're starting with the sneaker industry because that's your passion, right? But you're planning on extending into other industries. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So we've started a little bit now, like moving into music um, with plans to move into media entertainment as well as technology. But yeah, it's funny. Whenever we tell people that we work in the space of male-dominated industries, everyone's reaction is just like, so all of them? (laughs) And in theory, yes, all of them, just, you know, one at a time, one by one. I think we're really trying to evolve from sneakers into really tangential markets. Like, sneakers and streetwear really overlap with music right now, and technology is pretty much everywhere. So they just make sense for us to go into next. And this issue of having the male allies is so important. It's something that I struggle with because certainly with the podcast, it's mostly speaking to women. I've had some men listen and told me they listen, but largely it's speaking to women. And there are tons of these conferences that are women speaking to women, right? And so it's, we all know it, right? (laughs) Like, um, how do we get men involved? And, you know, what's your thinking on that and getting those male allies to care and be interested in what you're doing? That's a great question. (laughs) I think it's, I kind of think right now is a good time because a lot of companies and a lot of people are becoming more aware of just like, you know, injustice is a really strong word, but injustices in these different industries and at these different companies. And I don't think from the male perspective that anybody wants to be labeled as someone who doesn't support women. So I think our mission is just like resonating with people right now. And also I think... Being our age, we were just meeting a lot of people who are more forward-thinking or trying to be more forward-thinking. So by pulling in our male friends and just kind of exposing them, they're just they're kind of into it. Because it's not like we're featuring women who aren't doing anything. We're featuring awesome women in awesome industries. So inevitably, people are going to be down. It's just getting them in the door. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to marketing, which is something that we talk about a lot when we're putting on events or just, like, playing different initiatives. It's—we almost try to, like, avoid saying, like, a panel by women in the sneaker industry because, like, the women who we talk to who are speaking on a panel say that they just want to be able to tell their story as a person in their position, not necessarily always having to project the female experience because, I mean, I don't know, like, don't ask me what it's like to be a woman in the sneaker industry. Was it like to be— a guy in a secret industry what it's like to do be like anything so yeah it's just like it's interesting like how you get that messaging out because I think once more guys start coming to these types of events and realizing that they can also get something out of it it'll be easier to make them more inclusive you know I went to an event that was at an organization that does focus on female tech founders but the panel was called something like building mobile audiences And they had—it was an all-female panel, but they were all women who had been very successful with their startups building huge mobile followings. And so half of the audience was men. And I was like, this is the first time I've observed this phenomenon, you know? (laughs) I was like, it's all women on the stage, and half of the audience, or maybe even more, actually, of the audience was was men. Um, And I was like, this is awesome, because they hadn't— 
even though it was a women's group that was throwing it on, so there was a little bit of that in the messaging. But overall, the messaging was just like, here are four badass women who have built successful mobile audiences, and don't you want to learn from them? So that does seem like a great approach, at least for getting the role models out there and getting them to support it. But how does that, you know, how do you get men to become allies in advancing women, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. that maybe the, I guess, giving them the, the role models to show that women can do awesome at these jobs is, a, is certainly a first step, right? Yeah, and that that's like a big part of our youth programming. Like that was a big reason why we wanted to have boys also involved with the youth programming. Like just being in spaces where you have women being the being your role model, you're introducing these new opportunities through the lens of there's a woman doing it. It's like, oh, that exists. There's a woman there. So that's your first introduction to it. Mm-hmm. I think that... Once men understand what their role is, because I think a lot of times men may not necessarily understand what type of behavior they're doing that is inhibiting the progression of women mm-hmm. or, like, what they can do that's not super extreme. It's not like you have to be, like, be out in the street and, like, protesting, per se. But like, if someone speaks over a woman in a meeting, you can, like, just point it out. It doesn't have to be a big deal. But just, like, showing them that you have that allyship like means so much and I think that illustrating to guys like how much that means and the impact that you can have is like also another step and you guys have done some cool youth programming can you talk a little bit about some of the programs you've done yeah so I think Straight to Feet was the first and probably one of the biggest so Straight to Feet a little background was our first event it was a workshop and panel kind of combo and the workshop portion was for kids both boys and girls, and essentially what they had to do, we gave them a blank sneaker to work off of as their palette, and they worked in groups to design their sneaker and come up with a little marketing campaign to pitch their sneaker at the end. And I think we had like five five or six groups, and they ended up presenting their final you know, projects or final sneakers in front of the panel, and... They had some, like, really heartwarming and, like, beautiful stories and, like, messages that they came across. And it was, I mean, from not even from, like, an organizer perspective, but just from someone watching them present, it was just really cool to see what they came up with in, like, three or four hours. Um, So that was amazing. And I think one of the most touching points for me was at the very end, we gave the, the students, like, notebooks to brainstorm in. And one of the girls came up to me and she had, like, drawn like models and she was like I want to be a fashion designer like this was so great and I was like oh my gosh you're the cutest <laughs> thing ever and she was like like probably like I think she was 10 or she was just like a little 12 year old but it, it was great so with all of our events we try to like incorporate students how we can so if it's a panel working with our youth organizations to just get some of their students involved as well as working to put on dedicated youth engagement opportunities and that's one of the things that we're doing with a recording studio coming up just having them them being the students come in and just have an opportunity to see what it looks like how to you know like how do you record something how do you make something like this podcast actually happen and that's you know going to be led by women at the studio that's super cool yeah I'm very into this idea of getting more women and girls' voices in media, right? The idea of getting their voices heard is just an awesome first step. So what's next? Where do you see yourselves going with Incorporated? Um, I mean, 
in the immediate future, we have a couple of things that we're trying to plan, just like events to bring together different women and also guys, of course, who are in these spaces, just for them to network and kind of find new opportunities. Because so much of about being successful comes from networking. It's like so many opportunities you can come up on. And then beyond that, we're also trying to, or we not trying to, we are expanding, also offering like diversity and inclusion consulting. We want to be able to establish a plan for companies to build up their pipeline for diversity and inclusion, also make themselves a more cohesive and inclusive like space when it comes to incorporating different groups that may not necessarily have traditionally been well represented there. So this is all on top of your full-time jobs that you guys have, right? <laughs> Casual. Yes. yes. <laughs> how do you how do you make that work? I mean, so t- could you talk a little bit about what your full-time jobs are also, just so people can get to know all sides of you guys? So, yeah, I work in technology consulting. Well, technology and management consulting as, like, in my day-to-day. I was previously a systems engineer and— I'm going to be a product manager. That's kind of been my route. And what have you guys learned so far in your careers? You know, this podcast is a lot about lessons learned in career paths. And I know you guys are pretty early on in your career paths, but I've had a bunch of young women on this show and I've learned a lot from them. So what's some wisdom that you would share that you've learned already in in your career paths? That's big. I know, I'm like, you can't answer all the hard questions right now. <laughs> I would say that uh, one thing that I did learn recently was two things. Especially as an engineer, going into engineering, you hear a lot about it being a male-dominated industry, but the effects of that don't come until a little bit later. I had to learn that because for, you know, the first probably, like, year of my career, I was like, it's not that bad, like— yeah, I'm one of the few women, but, like, my mentor is a woman. The leader of the program is a woman. Like, it's not that bad. But when I became more knowledgeable in what I was doing, I then understood because nobody was listening to me. And I was like, well, okay, this is only going to get worse because people are just not going to want to listen to me. So that was definitely something to learn, even though I knew. It just didn't evolve the way that I initially expected it to. Um, And I think the second thing, which is – really agnostic to industry or role is just understanding that a career like isn't permanent like you can switch and move and jump around and that's completely okay despite what like history has told us about you have your job and you're there for 35 years and you retire and that's that so I think those are my two most recent takeaways Um, I think one of the biggest things I've learned from my career path and like combining both like official job, like my nine to five, and then also working on incorporated is that you don't have to wait to pursue your passion. You don't necessarily have to quit your job. Um, you just have to be strategic about it and be dedicated because there's a lot that you can learn from working in a corporate environment that you can take with you to implementing like for your side hustle or like a smaller business. So that never taking those opportunities for granted. And I think that kind of on the inverse side, I've seen the impact that working in a diverse environment can have. I think that talking to Brittany um, about, like, her experience while she was working as an engineer and also just, like, observing some of the things that I was able to do or, like, some of the things that were, like, really emphasized in my office because they're really good at diversity and inclusion and they do have, like, a really diverse office. So I realized that, like, I was like, oh, it's just, like, it's so comfortable, but it's, like, that's not necessarily the norm. Little initiatives really can make a big difference. 
Yeah, and that's so interesting what you're saying about the um, people not listening. I wanted to follow up on that because I think, you know, a lot of times when you first start out in your career, you don't feel the bias as much, right? Because everybody seems to be doing their, it's like there's there's more set tracks. And the women I've had on this podcast have shown that when they get the higher, higher levels, that's when they really feel the bias. But this idea of not being listened to, and now you've left that position. And I often wonder about some of these male-dominated industries that just stay male-dominated forever. Like, there's the outright, you know, not promoting women and and not giving them the opportunities. But then there's also the kind of like, well, screw this, I'm going to leave because this is not fun. Like, it's not it's not fun working in a male-dominated environment when you're the only woman or, you know, it, that part is not fun. But then not being listened to, it's just like, well, why am I going to stay here if I'm not being listened to? I mean, I've I've had women on the show say, if your workplace is not respecting you and listening to you, then you should leave because those people are never going to listen to you, um, assuming you have another company to go to in that same industry, you know. But it's just interesting to hear this idea of not being listened to, and I, I just really wonder how much that actually then preserves the male domination of these industries, right? Because it's not fun to be somewhere where you're not listened to. I mean, what did you feel when you're not listened to? Or you think, oh, well, I'm just going to... There's no place for me here, right? Yeah. It was really frustrating because it wasn't so much that I was being over-talked. It was that if I would definitively answer something, it was being second-guessed. I think those are kind of different. So a lot of the time, I think I would just get frustrated and say, you know what, if you want to double-check it, you're just wasting your time because you're going to come up with the same answer that I told you. But I didn't really fight it, honestly. I didn't think it was worth the fight. And it did take some time. And sometimes, you know, some teams or some people would say, okay, you know what? I've worked with her. She knows what she's talking about. But I would always inevitably get someone else maybe higher up that's like, you know, we've got to check this or call some other people. And it does make it harder to, like, progress because if no one's listening to you, then you don't speak up it as much. And then people don't know who you are as much. And then it's just all around, like, negative for you in the long run. So I think it it adds up. I wouldn't say for me personally that that was something that really drove me to leave, but I could see it weighing on me if I were there longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure they didn't require all those second and third checks for your peers who yeah. are... Men. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> um. Are there any other things that you want to talk about about Incorporated that we haven't talked about yet? Um, <laughs> I'd say that I think Incorporated really started as not even, I wouldn't say a small idea because Straight to Feet was a pretty big idea, but it's just evolved. So I think it's really exciting to see what it continues to evolve into and how we like how we're going to keep growing because... Building networks and things as impactful as they are, if everybody belongs to their own little, like, niche network, what's the, like, overall push? So I think, I I just think I'm excited to see what Incorporated can do about, like, bringing a lot of women together and the amount of people that we've connected with. Like, worst case scenario, if nothing happens with Incorporated, I just feel like I've met so many awesome women that I now know and then... I can share at least amongst like my personal circles and then that's it's just better for me to understand who's actually out there as opposed to seeing who's featured and those are just men. 
Yeah. One of the really cool things about building that network that Brittany was talking about is just, like, that having the opportunity to, like, put so many of our friends on, like, finding opportunities for people mm-hmm. to practice writing, like, graphic design, photography. It's just, like, oh, like, you need someone? Like, I know someone. Especially because we meet so many women. So it's, like, a lot of times, like, as a woman in a creative field especially, you want to give other mm-hmm. women the opportunity. So when you actually can, like, reach out and, like, say, like, oh— I know someone, like, here's my friend. She's really good. Like, I've worked with her. And they're like, yeah, I'll take her. And then I also want to, like, just say, like, just because you're starting something on your own doesn't mean that you have to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. Like, super appreciative of all people that we've had help us out. Like, that network that we built was largely done just, like, it started out kind of cold calling. But then it built into a lot of, like, oh, my gosh, what you guys are doing is really cool. Let me introduce you to this person. Kind of like how we ended up here. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it's just like there's so much value in like letting people help you. It's okay. There are a lot of people out there who want to help you. Like, don't be afraid to talk about your idea. Don't be afraid to try and go out for it. And if you are like, get feedback because you only fail when you don't learn. So if there's a way for you to improve something, find out what that way is. So you guys have already learned the critical lesson that it takes most of the women that I've had on the show, including myself like decades and decades to learn. It wasn't I was in my I think late 30s before I figured out that the networking is the work. Everybody thinks that there's just like this impulse to like show up at your job, put your head down, do your work, get your work done and not spend that time building your network, right? And you think, "Oh, networking is something that I should be doing, but I just don't have time to do it." And so it doesn't happen. But that's where all the opportunities come from. It comes from people. And asking for help is another thing that actually is, and I have, I have a seven steps to killing it action plan that I put together after I interviewed a lot of women. And a lot of them were saying, like, I wish I would have known sooner that I could ask for help. You know, I think there's just this feeling of, I just have to do it myself and I've just got to figure it out. And if I'm asking for help, it's just like a sign of weakness or I don't want to impose on people. But people want to help. And that's how you build your your community and your movement and your network. And that's what will give you all of the opportunities going forward. So good job, guys. You already know it. (laughs) (laughs) And that it's a winding path. That's the other thing. Everyone I've had on this podcast, their career paths have been, you know, zigzag. Everyone. And I just am still constantly always evolving. And I, I definitely prefer to be in a high growth situation always. And I always thought that was a weakness. You know, like that I couldn't just stick with one thing. <laughs> but everyone that I've talked to is like, you know, you can never see where it's going to lead. And it's all about kind of doing what feels right to you and taking that next step. And this whole idea that you're going to have the same job for 35 years, it just doesn't exist anymore. It's just not reality. I mean, it's just not the way the working world works anymore. And maybe, maybe some of us would like to have that, right? And a, pen- and a pension. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's a pension? I know, Exactly. <laughs> They don't exist anymore, right? Um, so you guys have it figured out. So I am going to be waiting to find out when you guys are starting your own. I know you have right now incorporated as your side hustle. <laughs> I think it's going to be a full-time hustle or something else. <laughs> what Now I'm going to give you guys a little bit of advice, which is don't wait too long working for those dudes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. <laughs> um, because one thing, when I look back on my life, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I've done entrepreneurial stuff on the side. But once you have that, those expenses that come along with a family and really adult life, uh, mortgage and kids, and 
that entrepreneurship is much more of a challenge. So I always encourage women to do it sooner rather than later. And uh, maybe you guys will hire me someday for a year. <laughs> Send us your app. I know. <laughs> Um, for people to keep up with what you guys are doing and to kind of be in the know about your next program, where should they find you on on the internet? Um, our main platform that we use right now is Instagram. Our Instagram is at incorporated, incorporated, and that's also our email address currently, so incorporated at gmail.com. Those are the best and surefire ways to get in contact with us and stay up with like what's going on. We recently launched our newsletter as well, so you can sign up for that via our Instagram or shoot us an email if you want to be added to that mailing list. And that's incorporated. Yes. How to spell it. <laughs> and, and on Instagram, it's just at incorporated? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys so much. It's been such a pleasure. I'm inspired by you guys, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen next for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I'm joined by Allie Young, the CEO of The Forum, which gets women further faster. And we're talking about five critical skills that women need to have. So, Allie, what critical skills should we talk about today? Why don't we start with the first one, which is negotiation. Negotiation. So there's, I've read a lot that says that women don't negotiate as much as men do. Do you think there's truth to that or do you think that's a little overblown? I do think that there is truth to that. Studies show actually that 50% of women don't negotiate, and when we do negotiate, we ask for 30% less than men. Yikes. Oof. I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what I think is so interesting about negotiation, though? Negotiating is actually the last step. What comes before that is advocating for yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's the place where we sometimes fall down. We're so good at our jobs. We're, we're heads down workers and we are getting our jobs done, but we're not always stepping back to let the people around us know that and to at, have the confidence to advocate for ourselves. Yeah, and the question is, I think it could be partly confidence, right, that we don't advocate for ourselves. And it could be also just kind of like knowing that when we advocate for ourselves, it's not always received that well as it would be if we were a man advocating for ourselves. Studies show that <laughs> that is true as well. But I still think it's important for us to do it. Right. Um, we still need to get out there and put ourselves out there in different ways, shapes, and forms, not just have this one big negotiation, but really lead up to it in different ways. So consistently talk about the great work that you're doing. Make sure that you're sharing your work if you work within an organization um, with those around you and with your managers. Try to share tips and best practices with those around you. And I think those are different forms of self-advocacy that eventually start justifying why you should be compensated more. That's interesting. So that self-advocacy is so important for your kind of like negotiating leverage, right? Correct. Exactly. And so then, in addition to kind of letting your accomplishments be known, what are the other steps or what other advice do you have about negotiating? Well, negotiating, I, I actually love negotiating. I think it's so much fun because, to me, it's a creative process. So you may not always get exactly what you want, but you have to go in and understand what are the priorities for you. And then if you don't get exactly what you want, so let's say you want higher compensation— but what if time is actually really important to you as well? And if you don't get a higher compensation, 
perhaps you can, you know, work on time or have a little extra vacation in order to, and enjoy, especially we're talking in the summer, enjoy your vacations in a different way, have a week of vacation in order to make up for not getting that compensation. But you really have to go in and be clear and sometimes creative on the things that are important to you and then express them so that you can truly negotiate and go back and forth on something that's agreeable for you and the person who you are negotiating with. I know that asking for anything for ourselves can be a challenge, especially for women who've kind of been taught by society that our role is to provide for others, not to ask for ourselves, right? This is an unfortunate thing of patriarchal society. So how do you get over that feeling of, like, not wanting to ask for things? Practice. I do think practice actually is really important. And the reason why I wanted to start with negotiation in our discussion is because you have to start negotiating early in your career because it's something that becomes more and more important as your career progresses, and you have to become better at it over time. And so truly being able to practice, I don't think the first time you negotiate out of the gate is it really going to... Um, Are you going to be the best at it or advocating for yourself? But figuring out what works for you, how can you advocate for yourself? How can you ask for something in a way that really makes sense to the people who you are negotiating with? And I think the other thing is that when we start asking and we use and we think about it in those terms, it feels very personal. So how do we take the personal out of negotiating? And that's really by making it a business discussion. So it shouldn't always be about Sally Hubbard and what's going on with you, but really the business in which you're working in and the impact that you have to that organization. So is there a way to kind of reframe it in your mind, right? That, you know, you're not asking for things, you're providing a benefit to the organization. And what the negotiation is, is really a collaborative discussion. And we know collaboration is a superpower that a lot of women have. Yes. I love that you said that. It absolutely is a superpower that we have. And a lot of times when people think about negotiating, they think it's about clobbering somebody over the head and it's an adversarial relationship or an adversarial discussion. And that is not at all what it is. Great negotiators have very high empathy, which also tips in a woman's favor. And it is highly collaborative. And you are negotiating with someone to get to this, you know, an end result or a solution to a win-win scenario, you're not negotiating against someone. So I really think that if women start practicing negotiating more and just have a little bit more confidence, then ultimately we should be the best negotiators out there because I think we have a lot of those tools, you know, naturally in our toolbox. Sounds great to me. Well, thank you for uh, sharing this tidbit. And I look forward to hearing more about the other five critical skills thank for you, women. Thank you, Sally. So for our listeners to learn more about the offerings that you have, where should they go? They should go to theforem.co, T-H-E-F-O-R-E-M dot C-O. Thank you so much, Allie. Thank you, Sally. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to our podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and most importantly, tell a friend about us. Thanks for joining us.